Good morning, everybody. Happy Easter. Come on, we excited today? Are we awake? Come on, it's Easter Sunday. Man, I'm so glad you're here. I know it's already been said, but if you're our guest today, welcome. We are over the moon excited that you're here. We hope that you enjoy your experience at Cultivate today. And if you're watching online for the first time or every week, we're so glad that you're part of online as well. My name's Brandon. I'm one of the pastors, if I don't know you. And I am pumped that it's Easter. How many of you, Easter is one of your favorite holidays of the year? For all different reasons. Like, we've all got our favorites, right? Some of you love Christmas. Um, the stingy people, I'm just kidding. Uh, some of you love Christmas. Uh, some of us love Halloween. Uh, the weirdos, I'm just kidding. Uh, my wife loves Halloween. You know, we get the candy. And then Easter is one of our favorites for so many different reasons. One, Sundays are always a blast. I think every Sunday around here is a blast, but especially on Sundays. Come on, it's a lot of fun on Easter. And then some of you have Easter egg hunts and you have family get-togethers and all the different things. But one of my favorite reasons for loving Easter, and in the church it's kind of controversial. Some of you are going to look at me a little smugly, and that's okay. Uh, but the Easter bunny is one of my favorite things about Easter. Now, there's this little tension in the church where we think, oh, you can't talk about the Easter bunny. It's kind of like Santa Claus, you know. Uh, we did the egg drop yesterday, and somebody on Facebook told us how, like, satanic we were because we were having a, a, an egg hunt. You know, that's okay. It's totally cool. It's all right. But uh, some people have a little bit of a, you know, tug of war with the Easter bunny. But I think it's fun. Does anybody else think the Easter bunny's fun? We got him in the lobby. I hope you're getting your picture. As a matter of fact, I want you to put your hands together and just help me welcome the Easter bunny. Will you do that? Come on. Woo! Now, look. If you don't like the Easter Bunny, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. Look at this face, right? How could you, how could you not like this face? Um, I, if you're struggling with the Easter Bunny, I think it would probably do you a little good just to stop in the lobby today and get your picture with the Easter Bunny. I think you would smile. I think you would put a little joy in your heart. But the reality is, not only do I love the Easter Bunny, but if we're really honest about it, what we love about the Easter Bunny is what the Easter Bunny brings. Is that not true? It's the Easter basket because the bunny is great, but the basket's even better because the basket has all of our favorite things. It's got all the candy and all the goodies that we really enjoy about Easter. But if I'm honest today, I can see where some of the tension comes in because when it comes to this day, oftentimes we do put a lot of emphasis on the bunny and we do put a lot of emphasis on the baskets and the candy and for some of you, your casseroles, you know, all those different types of things that you do at Easter. So what I want to do today is really talk about what Easter is really all about so that we don't miss the power and the moment of this day. Because many of us think we've got Easter figured out. We've experienced this a lot of times. But it's really about more than the bunny and the baskets and the candy and the casserole. And I want to dive into that today. Will you one more time just give the Easter bunny a hand? Come on, thank him for being out here today. If you will, grab your outline for today's message out of your worship guide. Or if you're a digital note taker, it's on the app right there online. You've got your notes as well. I titled your message today, The Proof is in the Pudding. How many of you ever heard that statement before? How many of you like pudding? Does anybody like pudding? Some of you like pudding, some good pudding. The proof is in the pudding. Now, that statement has been around, they say, since the 1600s. And what that really means is that for you to be able to judge something, to determine its value, its worth, if it's true or if it's good, that you must personally taste and see that the proof is in the pudding. Now, some of you are looking at me a little smugly for Easter. I'm just going to be honest with you. And you're jealous because I'm eating pudding in front of you. 
And it's Easter, so I don't want your feelings hurt. So if you're on the left side of the row, I want you to grab your bucket, and I want you to pass down some pudding for everybody here in church. Just take it, pass it down. Church online, I love you. But um, there ain't nothing like being in church in person, okay? Now, the proof is in the pudding. There's chocolate pudding and there's vanilla pudding. Some of you are going to pick the chocolate, okay? And I'm just going to tell you, the vanilla is way better. Come on, somebody. Why? Because I have tasted and I have seen that the vanilla is where it's at, all right? Now, if you're a chocolate lover, you just go right on along and eat your chocolate. But here's what I want us to know. Today, as we've walked in this room, as you watch online, it would be very easy for every one of us to go, you know what, I've, I've done Easter before. I'm an adult. I've done the Easter baskets. I've done the bunnies. I've done the candy. We've got the casserole going. We've got the Easter egg hunts. It's the Sunday outfit. Come on, ladies. We love Easter because you got to go buy something new. Men, you just smile and endure it. You know, my son today, Dad, I look crazy. Your mama said to wear it. Just wear it, bud. That's what we're doing. I said, when you get to church, you're going to see a lot of unhappy people wearing clothes they don't want to wear. So we think we get this figured out, but it's about more than our culture has created it to be. Easter is about more than our traditions. Easter is about more than our preconceived ideas of what we've put this in a box. And today, my hope is that for every one of us, we would see that the proof is in the pudding. Now, I don't want us to feel bad because we've missed this Easter thing. Because even on the very first Easter, they didn't get it either. Look at your outline. On the very first Easter in Luke chapter 24, verse 1 through 7, Jesus has already been crucified. He's already been buried in the tomb. And you have two ladies who were going out to the tomb with an anticipation and an expectation about what they think Easter is all about. Watch this. Very early on Sunday morning, Easter, the women went to the tomb taking spices that they had prepared. What are the spices for? They're to be preparing and taking care of a deceased, dead body that they intended to be Jesus when they got to that grave. We know that was their anticipation of what Easter was going to be because they had prepared ahead of time to take these spices. But verse 2, they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there, puzzled, Underline the word puzzle. They are in the moment of Easter, facing Easter, experiencing Easter, and they are confused about what Easter is all about. Many of us are in the same situation. And then two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. Now, those of you who know my wife, I think she's an angel because if she's going to wear something, it is bedazzled just like these angels, these two men. They showed up, baby. They got the whole dazzle going on on Easter Sunday. That's the first fashionable Easter outfit right there. The women were terrified. Underline that word terrified. Why are they so scared at this supernatural moment that is Easter? Because their expectations weren't in the right place. But they bowed their faces to the ground, and the men asked a question that I want to ask us today. Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Why are you missing it? Why are we missing Easter? 
and the power of Easter. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. And they asked another question. They said, remember what he told you? Do you remember what Jesus himself said to you, the Son of God, out of his own mouth, that the Son of Man must be betrayed and into the hands of sinful men and be crucified? But that doesn't stop there. On Easter, the third day, he would rise again. Today, we can easily miss this moment. We can miss the power of this day because we've been there, we've done that, we've heard that, and we've had many Easter's in our own life. But today, my hope for every one of us is that we would simply taste and see. The proof is in the pudding. So today, I want to pray, and I want to give you three things, very simple today, of the power of Easter and what Easter means for us and how God wants to use it even in our life today so that in this moment, we would have to personally taste it, personally experience it, not just what somebody else has done, not just what happened around me, but what is happening in me today, in you, every one of us individually, the power of this Easter to experience it today. So let's pray. Father, I love you. I'm so grateful for this amazing day and what it represents. God, the links that you have gone to have relationship with us, thank you for it all. We're the recipients of the greatest miracle. Father, today I pray that it wouldn't be about us and our preconceived ideas, but we would be able to taste and see, to experience Easter personally, to know that the proof is in the pudding. Speak to us today, God. Do something revolutionary in our lives. Let us be changed and more like you when we leave this place because of Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. So three things on your outline that the proof of this Easter, the proof of this pudding, of what it brings to our life and what it means for us today on this Easter. Number one, write this down. is proof is in his promise. Proof is in his promise. A promise is powerful. Has anybody ever made a promise to you and broke that promise? The next time something rolled around, you didn't listen to them very much, did you? Because the promise had been broken. Well, in the Bible, Jesus gave us some promise about Easter. Look at it, Luke chapter 18. It says, taking the 12 disciples aside, Jesus said, listen, we're going up to Jerusalem where all of the, underline this word, predictions of the prophets concerning the Son of Man will come, underline this word, true. So Jesus is saying, hey, we're about to go to a specific location that has been prophesied and told about long before you and I ever came to be. And every bit of that promise is about to come true. He will be handed over to the Romans. Check, it happened. He will be mocked. Check, that happened. He will be treated shamefully. Check, that happened. He will be spit upon. Check, that happened. They will flog him and whip him and kill him. Check, check, check. But on the third day, he will rise again. Check, check, check. But verse 34, this is, I think, many of us. But they didn't understand the words. They didn't know the significance of his words that was hidden from them. And they failed to grasp what he was talking about. On this Easter, God has given us promise. The problem is we just fail to grasp what this Easter 
and what this day is really all about. That's why it can be so much about bunnies and baskets and some of us are bow ties, come on, casseroles, candy, whatever your flow is and whatever your Easter traditions are, we can make it that because we don't fully grasp what he's doing. But all along, this promise of a Savior has been given to us. Now, we like to say this, you know, Christmas is one of those other traditions. Some of us, we like, we have Christmas stop and Easter stop in church. That's okay. I'm glad you're doing it. I'm glad we're here. But look, Christmas was the promise of a Savior. Easter was the promise proven. It was fulfilled. Notice, I put a Christmas verse to make some of us feel more at home <laughs> on Matthew 24. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Notice Christmas, it's the promise of a Savior. Christmas is the promise and Easter is the proof. Jesus proved good on his promise. Yesterday, we had our helicopter egg drop, minus the helicopter. And um, <laughs> we said, rain or shine, we are having this event. Because last year, it was supposed to be tornadoes, and it was beautiful at 8 a.m., and then everybody wanted to know, why did you cancel? We canceled because they said it was going to be tornadoes, right? None of us want to get whisked away to Oz, right? <laughs> Let's be safe. This year, they said it's going to rain all week, and it didn't rain a drop. And then they said it's going to rain Saturday, to which people said, why are you still having it? To which I said, you can't please anybody. <laughs> But we said this, rain or shine, we're going to be in that park. The news crew showed up to do interviews because we were the only Easter event happening across the state. <laughs> and, uh, and so there, the lady from Fox 6, she said, we heard you say earlier in the week, rain or shine, this event was going to happen. She said, but before I came today, I checked social media just to be sure. I said, no, ma'am. I said, we're only as good as our word. And when we said rain or shine, I said the most amazing thing you'll see today is all of these incredible people out in this miserable weather serving. You know why? Because we said it, so we're going to do it. We fulfilled our promise. Listen, everybody. God has given you promises, and he proved them to be true. You know what Easter was all about? We think Easter's about Jesus. Let me tell you something. Easter really isn't about Jesus. Jesus never went to the cross so that we would sit here today and just talk about the good thing that Jesus did. We're missing it. Jesus went to the cross not so that we know what he did, but so that we could experience what he did. Jesus went to the cross for you, and he went to the cross for me. And he went to the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. And he overcame death, hell, and the grave to say nothing can hold him and nothing can hold you. That your eternity, nothing will stop you. That's the promise of God. So today, just can we receive it? Can we understand it? Will we see the proof in the pudding and just taste and see? God fulfilled his promise through Easter. Listen, every one of us in this room, you've got a promise from God. His book is full of them. The problem is we don't know the access or the code to get into it. It's like you having a million dollars in the bank, but you ain't got the pen, you ain't got the debit card, you ain't got the security questions, you don't even know the address or the name listed to it. But when you get in God's word and you begin to crack the code, 
and you realize that you're the recipient of the greatest promises of all of eternity, it'll change the way you see and experience Easter. Easter is the proof of his promise. Number two, this is powerful, it's the proof in his power. Easter was the proof of the power of God. Now, I'm going to read something to you that's really, I think, one of the most underrated and overlooked moments in all of the Easter story. It says, Jesus shouted out again, and he released his spirit. This is Jesus on the cross. He released his spirit. He has given his life. And at that moment, the Bible says the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. That just simply means this, that the separation we had between a personal relationship with God, the barrier that was there, is broken, and now we have full right to have relationship with God. But notice this. The earth shook, the rocks split apart, and tombs opened up. Now, this is where it gets freaky, okay? Like, we can go, but, oh, the veil tore, that sounds spiritual, like, that's cool. But right here is a literal moment where an earthquake happens. The Bible says that the tombs open up. That's like graves bursting out of the ground. And check this out. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection. They went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. Somebody after 9 a.m. said, where have I been all this time? I didn't know. And then they said, what happened to them after that? How long did they live? I said, I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. Now listen, now we think that's just some Bible story. But let me tell you, real time, somebody was sitting in town having lunch, and Uncle Bobby showed up, been gone for 15 years. And Uncle Bobby said, hey, it's Easter. Are you making that casserole? <laughs> Uncle Bobby's out there gathering Easter eggs, his first Easter egg hunt in 15 years. Why did it happen? Because it wasn't just about Jesus coming out of the grave. It was that his power extended far beyond what Jesus did, and it was to extend into your life and mine to resurrect you out of that grave. That today, no matter what miracle you need, no matter what is in your life that you have already placed in the grave, some of you had no idea that you were burying stuff in the graves. Some of you have taken hope in your life and you've buried it in a grave. And you've put the dirt over it and you said there is no hope anymore. Some of you are here with your spouse today and you've dressed them nice, but you've already put your marriage in a grave and you've covered it up. Some of you have put your self-worth and your self-esteem the potential, the possibility of what God could do in your life, and you've buried it in a grave. And you've put the dirt over it, and you've said, it's done, it's finished. Some of you feel like you've gone so far and you've done so much that if you just knew my story, you'd know that God couldn't change my life. You'd know that this wasn't for me, but I'm here to tell you, you can put truth in a grave, but you cannot hold it. Because the power of God has the ability to burst that grave open. And everything that you thought was dead has the power to move and to walk and to live and to breathe again. And what you thought would never show back up to family dinner suddenly shows back up. And there you are. But we'll miss it if you don't experience it. Because the proof is in the pudding. And the only way you'll get the proof is if you personally taste and see that the proof of the power of God in your life. I want to ask you this question today. What is it that you need? What do you need from God today? Now, don't mistake me. God's not a genie in a bottle. He's not a get-rich-quick scheme. 
He's not, let me give you a list and then I'm going to go do my thing and God will show up and take care of the rest. No, this is a thing to where I recognize that he was who he said he was and can do what he said he would do. And what he did then, he can do today. And what he does today can take me into my tomorrow because there is nothing in my life that has the power to keep me in a grave because not only did Jesus burst forth, but on that same day, Tons of people came out of that grave to live and move again. Why did God do it? God does some crazy things, doesn't he? I don't understand all the things that God does. You ever seen some of the animals God created? You ever seen some of your family? Mine too. I'm just saying. Because he's God. And God can do anything in any way, shape, form, or fashion. But do we get it? Are we standing in that tomb saying, where's Jesus? Don't look for the living among the dead of your life. You look for the power of God to do something supernatural that only he can do. But number three, this is what changes it all. The proof is in his presence. It's one thing to talk about it, everybody. It's one thing to go to church. It's one thing to say, oh, that was a great Easter. That was a great day. But it's another thing when it comes personal in your life. In Romans 8 11, it says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, I'd say that's pretty powerful. Check this out. Lives in, underline this word, you. Make it personal. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in Brandon. That's me. You put your name in there. He lives in you. It's personal to your life, to where you are. The same spirit, the same power, the same presence of God that performed the miracle lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. It is the presence of God changes everything. The presence of God brings the power of God. And the power of God brings the potential of God. And that's what changes our life. Today, I want to ask you this question. Do you have the very tangible presence of God living in your life? And the only reason that he may not be there is that you have failed to invite him in. Spoiler alert, we're all going to have an opportunity to invite him in today. Because it's the presence of God that changes things. There's something powerful about presence. I'm learning this. If you're a parent, you learn this with your kids. I've got a six-year-old. Uh, I'm still navigating these waters. You know, I think sometimes it's like training a little demon. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I mean, you get it. Parents like, don't do that. Stop this. Go here. Go, don't go there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a constant thing. He, you know, he told me the other day, he said, you know, dad, he said, adults don't have as much energy as kids. I said, that's the truest thing you've ever said, bud. And I said, do you know why that is? He said, yeah, you're always having to tell me what to do. I said, yes. You've sucked the life out of me, son. You know what I'm saying? But here's what I'm learning. There are moments where I recognize my faults by watching my son. Because <laughs> I go, don't do that. And then I go, oh, man, that was me. <laughs> like, I'm watching myself. You know, one thing he's learned from his dad that I'm really having to watch right now, he's, and this is true, it, it is true, but he's learned that none of you can drive. That's what he's learned as a, as a six-year-old. 
because we're in traffic. And he's like, Dad, these people can't drive. And then I hear him go, go. And I'm like, bud, calm down. But go, you know. When I drop him off at school, there's two lines. I'm about to set somebody free, everybody. At Meadowview, you go to Meadowview, there's two lines. And uh, there's, there's a right line and there's a left line. And they both do the same thing. They do. They both go up, stop, kids get out, we all go. But for some reason, everybody thinks they can only use the right-hand lane. And so when we get to the school, we hit that left lane, and we just pass everybody. I feel like VIP, like at the school, like just <laughs> passing everybody. And Asher's in the back seat going, don't they know there's two lanes here? He goes, they're just treating their kids like babies, like they can't cross the road. I mean, he's like just. <laughs> and, I'm back, and I'm up in the front seat going, oh, man, you got to take care of yourself, man. You got to get this under control. <laughs> because it's our presence, good or bad, they're watching us because they're with us. They're right there in the moment with us. Friday night after a night of worship, Mom, I got through off the platform leading worship. It was a great night, and Asher was on the front row. And he said, Mom, y'all got to learn some shorter songs. <laughs> That's what he told me. Y'all got to learn some shorter songs. We're working on him, everybody. But good or bad, it's our presence that makes the impact. Can I tell you today that good or bad, it's his presence in your life that makes the impact. I think some of us need to get close to our Father. We need to get in His presence so that He can encourage you, so that He can tell you what's true, so He can tell you when to stop and He can tell you when to go. He can tell you your worth and He can tell you your value, and He can tell you when everybody else is confused about everything. Look, everybody, we need the power and the presence of God in our life. It's the only thing that will change everything. We have a mental health crisis in our country that nobody can explain or do anything with it's going to take the power and the presence of God. We've got addictions. We've got broken homes. We don't know what gender we are. we got all kind of stuff and confusion in our world. Listen, everybody, we're doing all the things we know how to do, but let me tell you what's going to fix it because obviously we can't. It's the power and the presence of God in our lives. So here's my hope for us today is that for all of us, don't walk in this place in the presence of God, not the presence of a person or a logo or a personality. Don't be mistaken. It's Jesus and only Jesus that changes things. But the difference in me walking out of here just like I am or walking out of here how he wants me to be is that if I will personally taste and see that the proof is in the pudding. Can I pray for us today? I want to invite you to bow your head, close your eyes, and if you're our guest, hey, nothing funny or weird is going to happen. Nobody's coming to get you. Nobody's going to make you stand or move. I just want to pray for us. Two very simple things on my heart today that I want to pray for. If you're watching online, right there where you are, I, I, just, I would just encourage you to limit any distraction that's around you because he's right there with you. And God wants to change your heart even as you watch online. Today, I know that Anytime we gather in a moment like this, I know that we've each walked in here with very unique challenges, hurts, habits, hang-ups in our life. I know that some of us in here are really pumped about what this day represents, and some of us feel out of place. Some of us hear words like this and messages like this, but yet you just feel for some reason that it doesn't apply to you. 
Today, my encouragement is that you would just taste and see. Because I'm telling you, the proof is in the pudding. So maybe you're in this room and you you don't have full certainty. You're online and you don't have full certainty that you have a relationship with Jesus. Well, if there's any doubt in your mind at all, the great news is that the one who can change your eternity is right here with us. And he went to these great lengths of Easter for you so that you could have it. I don't tell you this because I have to. I tell you this because I get to. I don't tell you as a pastor. I tell you as a follower of Jesus, he's changed my life and he can change yours. And every up and every down, every high, every low of my life, he has been there. And he wants to do the same for you. So don't miss this moment. If you need a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to pray for you today. And maybe you walked in this room today and you're just dealing with something in your life that feels so overwhelming and you feel like it's just already in the grave. Well, I'm here to tell you today, he's got the power to resurrect him. So Father, today for all of us, any of us, maybe just one of us that does not have a personal relationship with you, Today, we recognize that we cannot do it on our own. And Jesus, we need you and only you to change our life. So Jesus, not only do we recognize you as our Savior today, we recognize you as our Lord. We choose to put you first in our life. We ask you to forgive us of our sins. We recognize we've done it our own way. We failed. We missed it. And we need you. Thank you for your forgiveness today. Thank you for relationship with us today. And God, I pray for all of us. Whatever the needs may be, whatever the struggles, the addiction, the shame, the guilt, the heartache, the disappointment, the pressure, the stress, the anxiety, the marriages, the parenting, the finances, the doctor's report, God, you know it all. You see it all. And none of it is greater than you. So God, move in the life of every person here today. Today we choose to taste and see that you're good. And we know that the proof is in the pudding. May we today experience Easter like never before. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for what you've done today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, everybody. Let's honor Jesus together. Come on.